What is up, everyone? Hopefully, everyone's having a good Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, so you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz. He's Lance. I'm Peter. And we have probably, I would say, the greatest episode we're going to have today. This is an absolute honor for Lance and I, and we can't wait to get started. We're going to have Kair Elam, Bill's corner, second-year corner out of Florida, joining us in about a moment. But how are we doing right now, Lance? Doing well, doing well. How are you guys doing out there? Um, get in the comments. Let us know what you uh, have going on. If you have certain questions for Kair, Super Chat's going to be heavily prioritized. We've got some questions that we already uh, casted from the fans, so we've got a pretty good lineup of questions here, but feel free to comment in the questions, and if we, um, if it's in the flow, we're definitely going to get you on. So without further ado, yeah, let them know, Peter. Yeah, so without further ado, Buffalo Bills cornerback, second-year corner, Kyer Elam is joining the show. As I forgot to hit add to stream, but how are we doing tonight, my man? What's up, Peter? How you doing, Lance? I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. It was nice to nice to catch up with you behind uh, behind the scenes for the last 10 minutes, but we're excited. We're excited, and as always, this is or tonight's episode is sponsored by Picasso's Pizza every night is pizza night that kind of brings me back to my show during the season when every when everything was sponsored by picasso's pizza so lance let's let's get you get the ball rolling here on the conversation some of the questions and as always the comment section is open but we are prioritizing uh super chats tonight uh, if you want to get your voice heard uh for kair absolutely i'm a kind of a numbers guy and we talked about this a little bit off air but so you're number five in college coming in and then um you go to number 24 for the bills so what went into picking the number 24 do you have anything of significance for that or just kind of what was available and you're going to roll with it yeah it was basically what was available at the time uh it was like a few options were like 24 28 like 32 and 35 i think it was uh and right after the draft um, the equipment uh equipment guys they hit me up and they asked me what number i wanted and i was like 24 most definitely because i mean i just felt like it's uh, a number that I think I could see myself being successful, successful in. And I don't know. I just, I just picked it out of that, that group of numbers. There you go. There you go. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. obviously one of your, uh, most successful teammates there in Buffalo is cornerback Trey white. So tell us a little bit and tell the fans a little bit how, uh, coming in and working with a, a guy in all pro like Trey white and how that, uh, has gone. Um, I mean, to see what he has done in the past, it's just like, uh, you know, SEC guy, uh, super duper smart, um, hard worker, just to see what he has done in, in the past. is just really, really like, uh, I wouldn't say this is like a blueprint to, to, to really like take beats, beats, bits and pieces from and to just add to my own game to, you know, develop and just, be, you know, hopefully become successful. Um, like success, like more successful, uh, right. you know, than him. Uh, that's my goal. But you know, it's it's definitely been a, a blessing to have somebody like that who I get to you know watch at first hand basis, um, play and perform and practice and go about his day because he's a, he's a good he's a good guy and he's been successful. So he yeah, when, yeah. When you were draft, obviously drafted, obviously Trey White was here. Anything like when you immediately drafted that? kind of stood out from his game that you wanted to immediately come in and like emulate just to to show yourself and just to develop as a player because mm-hmm. he, he I mean he was kind of like me he just came in uh from a man system and he you know came into his own system and he had to learn and uh really i just wanted to add that to my game being able to play off and make plays um in zone and play and make a lot of plays and off i think add to my game and just being twitchy and explosive as well, like out of breaks, and he's he's like one of the best guys in the league doing that. So, probably the best, honestly, yeah. to be honest with you. Like just coming out of his break and being explosive. So I just always wanted to um, add that to my game and really just um, just see how he studies the game and just listen every time he speaks. You know, I'm just I, uh, mouth closed, just two ears, just listening. So. You mentioned obviously we talked. People have talked about this in the national or in the media before. But you said obviously you came in from Florida playing a man scheme. Obviously the Bills play a lot of zone scheme, and that's what Sean McDermott does. So year one, how was it translating from 
kind of that man scheme type of thing you did in college to a zone scheme with the Bills? It was it was a, uh, like it was a lot different. I mean, as anybody could expect, but you know, it was something that I feel like as I got more reps, I really developed in, and grew in it. Um, it allows you to have vision on the queue and also, you know, really pass off routes so you don't have to chase everybody, anybody across the field like I did used to do in college. So, I mean, it's great in that aspect. You have vision on the ball, to so break, make tackles downhill, and you know, it, I mean, I think it's it's something that's really growing for me as a person and just. I don't know. I just want to just continue to develop at it, you know, each and every day, just watching film and just seeing how guys have been successful in the past. Have you know? Yeah, for sure. Our our co-founders here, Dave Myers and Akeem Richards, saying what's up um, to you and uh, expecting Dave saying big things here too. So with that, I mean, you had two interceptions and four pass defense. So two and four. You like that combination of numbers? It seems I like that. Um, what do you think going into year two is is the biz, biggest improvement? What's the aspect of your game that you're really going to um, kind of step up on in year two? And what, what's the training been like in the offseason to really go from kind of that rookie mentality to now start getting that, that veteran presence a little bit under your belt? You understand the league a little bit better. Um, you've had a year in. So, so now year two, kind of if you can critique yourself and give yourself – you know, one, I know there's probably many, but one thing that's going to kind of, you know, jump out on your tape this year. Yeah, just really, really investing in my body, just making sure, you know, you, um, bumps and bruises are going to happen. Just make sure you just stand on top of those things and make sure I get the best treatment as possible. So I say just investing in my body like I've, like I've been doing this offseason. Um, and I would just say being, being more, um, being more, instinctual i would say you know just playing a lot faster and i've been really working on being more explosive and changing up my break and get my legs as strong as possible to you know endure some of that 17 game season um and really just studying other guys to be honest with you not only like i watch myself throughout the season and, and you know practice and games and film like that throughout the season but really just critiquing like seeing other guys and I already could like critique myself throughout the season and I see what I need to work on. And, and I got feedback from my coaches, which I appreciate. And just now it's just taking that next step from, you know, year one to year two. So I think that's, that's really what I've been focused on uh, in the, the most part. Yeah. And if you're learning not only from your coaches and some, and guys like Trey, and I'm sure Dane Jackson has a lot of insight and just all your teammates, Um, Benford did play a little bit too. So, you know, he's got, not any more experienced than you, but, um, you know, has some plays out there as well. So you can get a different uh, perspective maybe on that. But but how do the um, guys like Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer on the back end being there, how do those guys kind of play into hopefully having them healthy all year this year, right, and being able to uh, play – are you able to play a more intense physical game when you know that those two all pros are behind you? Yeah, they they are the best combination I think in the NFL. Those guys are very intentional. <clears throat> Excuse me, very intentional. Um, always at always where they need to be and always find a way to make a play. Um, so you know, and that communication is great as well. So you know, having those guys in the back, like like I did in uh, like training camp, because I mean I, was, I didn't get to play with both of them at the same time, but Man. I feel like it, it's it's a recipe for success. You know, for a corner. Because you know you can have reliable guys back there that's that's going to be what they need to be, disguise and you know being able to affect the quarterback so to make our job a little bit easier. So you know it's it's a blessing to have those guys back there, especially healthy this year. Immediately when obviously I heard we were we having you on, which is obviously an awesome privilege. I was thinking about I guess receivers you you went up against in year one, and some uh, Ben Begley in the comment section was talking about how's going against the top receivers at the game. Is it iron sharpens iron? But I was going to ask you, kind of going off that, like who who's your toughest matchup you kind of faced uh, this past season in your rookie year? Toughest matchup. I mean, I like myself over any receiver now, but I mean, I feel like I like good answer. I like Garrett Wilson's game. He, he's a you know dynamic player who they, they just look to get the ball to a lot. I can't wait to for that matchup. Uh, uh, George Pickens was really good. Um, who else I would I like their game? 
I mean, Tyree Kill and Waddle, they, those that duo there, you know, a lot of speedsters. Um, I think I like, you know, their game as well. Like anybody on a, on a schedule, I mean, every team I, to, to me has a, a solid receiver core, but some are better than others. But, you know, you have to treat them all the same, to be honest with you. Like, like you, like they can't beat me. So that's my mindset right now. But I, as from their game, I, I said I like, you know, Garrett Wilson, uh, George Pickens, and then the veteran receivers like Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill, they were good too as well. You mentioned you mentioned Tyree Kill, and I was I always go back. I always go back to this play. Uh, I tweeted it actually uh, about it, and I, I watched it a couple of times or, or a handful of times. Uh, the second game, second time we second time you guys played Miami, the that's the game that ended with the snow. Obviously, the Bills won, but you had that pass deflection on Tyree Kill. It was either I don't know, it's probably the exact term. It's either it was a comeback to the uh, boundary or it was um, uh, just an out route to the boundary. But you were very physical at the line. You stayed with him the whole way and then made a great comeback to the ball like how is it keeping uh keeping with Tyreek Hill because obviously he's a good route runner but his speed is just unbearable mm-hmm. so like that that play always comes back to mind like you stood you stay, stayed with him and then you came back made an amazing break on the ball and obviously it was a great defensive play but like that type of play against like Tyreek Hill like how is it how like, how do you keep up with him consistently <laughs> I feel like I could run as well so mm-hmm. I, I um on that play I really didn't fear his speed um I just really tried to just to the best of my ability, stay in his hip pocket and, and uh, really come run out my break because I know he could separate with any any receiver in the league, in the NFL. But um, he's I mean he's always he's dynamic. He has the numbers to match it. Um, but I didn't I didn't really have no fear to line up in front of him. But um, he's I mean he's one of the best in the league, and I, I look forward to you know guard him in the in the future because that really I want to be the I want to be great. I want to be the best and. He's one of the best. So in order for me to you know, say that I am, I have to prove it first. So, Yeah, you've really developed well on my Madden franchise, so you know, really good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 90, 95 overall now. So you're doing you do, the the proje- projection there is, is really nice. Uh, well, um, that's the goal in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Life, uh, I think you're already a 95 in my book, guy. But um, I, when we're speaking about receivers, the, one of the questions I kind of was interested in is, so how did the guys in practice and in camp and things like a Stefan Diggs and a Gabe Davis and those kind of guys, and especially Steph, how did those guys kind of help you? And do you like go to them for, for certain things to kind of not only you want to get help at your uh, position room and things like that, but can the receivers still help you uh, understand what their goal is to, to defend it? Uh, I mean, I remember I went to, I went to, I think it was Gabe, and I was asking about all of the, the, the corners he go against, what made them so good. Or uh, I went to Diggs and asked him about, like, how, how he was he can stay so consistent. He can, He's, like, always the same player every time he steps on the field. You know what I mean? So just, like, I don't know. I had a conversation with him about, like, investing in my body and, like, doing whatever is necessary to perform best on Sunday. And um, so that really stuck with me. Because like he's very wise and been very successful and very consistent in this league for a long time. That's where I want to be. So, um, I mean, they're they're good dudes. I mean, I learned from Diggs. Like, just no matter what's going on, nobody really cares. You know what I'm saying? It's all about how you perform on Sunday. So you always want to feel your best when it went well. Not Sunday, but anytime it's game day. So you always want to make sure you do it as much as possible for your for for you to feel your best on game day. So. Um, and uh, like I said, Gabe, like he he told me like like what corners do to that he's seen that like gave him difficulty or something like that. So I mean, they're both guys I could learn from. Like just their mentality, like they always feel like they have to win, and I I just took that and ran with it. Like I always feel like I have to win now. So it's just like yeah, that's what I learned from those guys. Yeah, we got a couple of the same questions here in the comments that kind of go along with your game. AJ. Um, Go ahead, brother. Take this. No, it was, but yeah, but uh, talk about your favorite, one of your favorite, like, what was your favorite moment as a rookie? There's obviously a couple that come to mind, but for you as a rookie, is there like one moment that just stands out? And our guy, uh, Matt Holman, who writes for us too, um, says his is when you intercepted Mahomes in the end zone. There, yeah, I'm reading it now. Yeah. Uh, what team? You said team moment though? Uh, team or individual. He's yeah. looking for a favorite moment overall as a rookie. Um, yeah, probably that Kansas City play uh, against Mahomes because that that was like a, a, 
Like it was just like back back and forth, and then it was like okay. I think they had the first drive. It was the second drive or first drive, and that was like a momentum shift for us. So I think that was a good moment. But as a team, I just felt like I don't know. It was just, it's such it's so many good moments we had as a team. Like that Dolphins game, uh, where we stuck together and we went at the end. Like that was a, that was a great moment for me individually and for the mm-hmm. team as well. Um, you had that layout uh, pass break up there. That was really cool. Yeah, for sure. I got a lot of you know you know time to play and just really wanted to make sure I uh, made a mark on that game to help us win. Anytime I can pick the ball off and give it back to Josh to go score a touchdown, I think that's 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 one of my favorite moments too. Like just being able to see him just on the sideline, just sling it, like you know what I mean, make crazy plays, hurdle people, stiff arm. Like that's that's what I think people pay to see. So. 100%. Any time, you know, getting the ball back, that's that's an awesome moment for, for myself, but for the team as well, just to give them an extra opportunity to go score. Um, Besides so the interdivisional uh, rivalry, do you think that, like, playing against a Miami or a Jacksonville, like a Florida team, will give you yeah. any more juice because you're kind of, you know, from there and you're like, oh, man, I got, yeah, these I are kind of my home dogs. I, I got to get Family and friends talking trash always, yeah. all the time. We play like a Florida team. So we only played the Dolphins last year from Florida, but, like, we played like Tampa or – Jacksonville, yeah. like I know people, I'm gonna have people talking trash. So, I both mean, this year, all three this year, I think. I can't wait to shut them up. So yeah, well, that's you good, were, man. You were talking about getting the ball back to Josh. You had a, a crucial interception in the wild card uh, round when we were we were down. Uh, it was 24-20. I'm pretty sure. I think it was in the mm-hmm. third corner. It was a third quarter. It was like a third and long, but you got the ball right back to Josh. They scored and obviously took the lead, and they won the game. So that interception was massive. What was going through your mind? I'm like. Kind of that was an up and down game. One of those games where, you know, like the built, we were in control early, or you guys were in control early, and then kind of slipped away. But that interception was massive. So like, what was like just the mentality in that? Let's go get another one. <laughs> Let's go get another one. Uh, I just I should have had another one. Um, but there's no shoulda coulda what is in football. There's always the results in the film. That's all that really matters. But um, but definitely that was my mindset. Let's go get another one. Let's get it back to Josh. Like expand this lead, so we get the, well. We got the lead back after that, but mm-hmm. to you know expand the lead and kick the uh, behind. So <laughs> yeah, we, got a, we got a super chat here. So uh, T from Not Your Average Podcast and Someone Six, also on the Built in Buffalo Network, asked, "Do you have any expectation for yourself this year?" So I guess uh, tell us a little bit. Tell um, the fans, and we're gonna get into a couple more questions probably that. Um, that are in the comments, but I do want to get a couple more that we have here planned for you. Uh, but, but any expectation for yourself in, I don't know, do you put goals together to have a certain number of uh, stats or anything, or is it just, you know, worrying about helping the team, uh, you know, win the Super Bowl basically? Mm, I do, but you know, I, I like to keep my, my, uh, my goals to myself. Honestly, yeah, um, I would say this, like, I really want to be like the best corner, like not even on the team, but in the NFL. But I know it's going to take time and things like that. But that's my goal for myself. Um, but I know I could do it. I know I could do it and I have the skill set to do it. So, you know, I just taking that next step and just becoming the, the best Kyer Elam I could be. You know, that's my really only expectation, like numbers wise and stat wise. I know that'll come as long as I staying consistent and taking care of my body and, you know, staying consistent as a practice player as well. Um, but, you know, I just I just feel like there's a, there's another level I could take it to, and I know I could, you know, I, I'll do it this year. So Yeah. One of our other guys kind of asked when you're talking about kind of uh, being the best Kair Elam, uh, when you were, you were obviously really good at Florida, you kind of carried that notebook along with you, and some people were kind of wondering if, you have an NFL version of that notebook and you kind of still keep it up to date. And what kind of stuff do you keep in there for, for the, for the notebook <laughs> oh, on the I NFL? Definitely, yeah. I definitely have the note all the time. Actually, it's in my room right now. Why well, you want to see it? Yeah, yeah. If you're yeah. Willing. yeah, we're definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I'll go get it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what type of stuff do I keep in there? I mean, I, really, it's just like uh, teams, like teams, what they do, what they do well, who their top targets are. What their routes are on third down, um, what I did like wrong in games, and that I could improve off of stuff like that. It's not nothing major, but I keep it on my bed. 
Nice. There oh, it is, man. Nice. Is that a new version for the NFL? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You gonna have one notebook per season, or how do you play that? No, I mean I have a, I mean I have a forever notebook, and I have one for the see every season oh, okay. that I always take with me to meetings. And, but this right. is only I keep this one home. Perfect. One more comment here we do have. Um, it looks like Neil shot us a super chat, but Neil, you didn't put any comment in there. So drop us a comment, Neil, and we'll get your uh, comment in there. Oh, you got it. <laughs> um, so uh, my best friend, Matt Matillo, is a huge Bills fan of me. So I'm going to just play his question on here a little bit. And uh, what are your thoughts about facing off with future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers twice a year and getting the opportunity to show out on the Monday Night Football opener to lock up Garrett Wilson, who we talked about already, um, kind of your respect for his game and all that. But um, Aaron Rodgers twice a year and that Monday Night Football opener, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? It seems like, I don't know, it seems like that's going to be the game to set the momentum and the, the tone of the season. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, first I got to focus on training camp, which I'm doing now, you know, my preparation in the off season. But, like, when it gets time for that game, like, it's going to be very, like, important for me, you know, to, to show out because, you know, that's, that's going to be, like, it's going to set the tone for the season. I just say it like that. I keep it like that. And I have a lot of goals for that game that I want to get done. And I, I definitely will get done. If you guys are just tuning in, this is the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and network, uh, YouTube and Twitter network. Make sure you guys subscribe to everything. We have Kair for another about eight to ten minutes here, so drop your questions. Obviously, our show will go to nine. The rest of the show will be talking about some defensive things and all that fun stuff. But we have Kair for another eight to ten minutes, so drop your questions. Uh, Neil did actually drop a question. It's a fun one. Have you okay. jumped through a table? This is part of his super chat. <laughs> have you jumped jump through a table? Tell Neil that was a great question. No, I haven't jumped through a table, but I definitely see all the videos all the time after games, and I definitely like that looks lit, bro. And <laughs> that's I, a that's a really good segue, kind of into our question we had for you too. Is how does it feel to be a part of Bills Mafia? So how have the fans kind of embraced you? You were part of Gator, is it Gator Nation that they they call down there? A huge fan base mm -hmm. in Florida, right? Um, yeah. For at, at the collegiate level, and then you come to Buffalo to the biggest. Uh, you know, fan base in the league, you know, with just kind of these fans the best, are yeah. insane, which, um, you know, I consider obviously ourselves part of the, part of that group as well. But um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about how Bill's Mafia has, you know, been with you and how everything um, has gone kind of from the fan side of things. I love, it. I love like going somewhere and they're like singing a shout song or, you know, just down to earth people, blue collar people that just want to see this, this team win a, win a Super Bowl, man. But they also care about, you know, the individual players as well. And a lot of them are really respectful as well. Like they won't, they will like really like look and be like, oh, he probably doesn't want to be bothered. Let's leave him alone today. Whatever. Like, excuse me. Like, I see you. You're busy. Like, do you mind if we could take a picture? Like, they're real respectful when it comes to things like that. So, I mean, I love. Just going around Buffalo, like I walk around Buffalo by myself, and then it's, everybody's just it's all love there. It's like I said, people say like it's a city of brotherly love. Like I really, or good neighbors. I'm sorry, good neighbors. I really, I really believe that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, let's go to let's go to some Sean McDermott. Obviously, Sean McDermott's gonna be calling plays for the not his first time, obviously, but for the first time with you with him, and obviously with the Bills. Uh, Leslie Frazier is no longer. I'm not, uh, with the team right now at the moment. So, what do you? What are your expectations for McDermott and his uh, play calling style? Um, I don't see us sitting back um, and playing on our heels. Uh, he, he wants us to attack oriented defense, and we're just gonna. I think he's gonna. You're gonna see a, a lot of, a lot of aggression and a lot of, you know, physicality when it comes to our mm -hmm. defense. Um, uh, I just just see growth like from last year, honestly. To be honest with you, you gonna see a little bit of twenty four in the backfield, getting in the sack category yeah. or something. Huh? What do you think about that? You are you already know what I think about that. <laughs> Have that's, you? That's my goal. That's what I'm working towards. That's what I want to see. That's what I need. Yes, that's what I need for myself. Did you have a Did you have a sack in college? You ever in, in college at Florida? I'm not sure. We didn't really cap blitz that much. Okay. 
Yeah, if I did, I probably swatted the ball or something. Though. Like, probably, <laughs> probably to get rid of it. I I, I don't, we didn't really cap this that much, so I don't, I don't think I had to say. Yeah, they ain't gonna send their best player on defense uh, yeah, on a right. blitz, probably. So I think that you were pretty, uh, pretty high up there. You had five sacks, brother. Five sacks. Uh, Are you sure, Lance? Nope, nope. That was your uncle. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why your uncle came up as your sacks, but okay. <laughs> Hey, you, I guess your uncle was a heck of a player. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure again why he comes up as. Uh... Oh, there it is. Okay, I got here. Sorry. No, I don't think I, I don't think I ever said. Yeah, I was, I was in coverage. Yeah, makes sense. Obviously, uh, let's see. What are your expectations for? Let's. Oh, you know what? I was gonna ask. Weather, weather in Buffalo. Because obviously that has a major – that's what I was trying to go to and I couldn't figure out where it was. Weather in Buffalo obviously has a major effect on game day on during the game, way different than obviously in Florida, total different type of weather. The snow, how does that affect you? I got layer – not layer up, but layer up with like icy hot and like lotion and warm skin. That was – I just – having to figure out how to stay warm on that, uh, on that sideline was like the hardest thing ever. Uh, standing next to a heater, you know, you have all the big guys taking it, you know, standing in front of it and taking up all the space. So it was like, I mean, that was the hardest thing ever for me. Uh, uh, but, you know, I fig- I think towards the end of the season, I kind of figured it out, though, just layering up with, like, all types of uh, Vaseline and Icy Hot and Warm Skin and Jeez. all that. I lather, I lather after halftime as well, like, put a whole bunch on and Double stock, uh, tights, and but I'm used. I mean, I'm kind of used to the cold now. I don't really mind the cold, but the snow is, is definitely a lot different. I don't think there's no getting used to that. Yeah. No getting used to that. Cold, cold, yeah, cold. you got to definitely invest in some Under Armour there. I, that's what I'm I'm in the stands, but sitting still, so I, I got to get that Under Armour cold gear sitting there. And uh, um, I've had season tickets since 2013, so I definitely been uh, been able to get in there and and um layer up and, and make sure you stay warm for the game. So Peter, shout out to the fans who wear barely no clothes in the stands. Those are real Yeah, the no the no shirt. <laughs> real warriors. The no shirts, those that's a tough yeah. one. I don't know how people I don't know how people go home or survive. Respect them totally. Yeah. Ooh, another super chat here from our founder and owner Dave Myers. Thanks for your time, Kyrie. Okay. Wings on him. You pick the place and the time and, and oh, yeah. we'll be there. Kyrie, do you have a favorite wing place in Buffalo? That. Do you have a favorite wing place? People obviously and their wings. So this, this is a dangerous question I'm asking here because you give the wrong answer. Some people. It, so it's crazy. <laughs> All right. So it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I've never liked blue cheese until I came to Buffalo. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Never, answer. ever. I don't know. I don't know why it's so different, but so, I mean, favorite wing place. That's tough. I've been to a few. I've been to quite a few. But yeah, but even my parents, they say the same thing. Like they they're from Florida, but they travel all the time. And when we went to Buffalo and I was like, try blue cheese, I can tell you it's gonna change your life. Mm-hmm. This is really good. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so I mean I don't know. You're probably gonna my, say Picasso's pizza, right? Uh, have I had I don't think I've had wings from Picasso, to be honest with you. You can lie, Please. bro. Nobody knew that before you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I need some ASAP now. Yeah. No, I never Absolutely. That's funny. Bucci's does. Bucci's does uh hit different in Buffalo. I was up a couple weeks ago uh for some event and went to Bar Bill for the first time. Yeah. Never, had, never had Bar Bill. I went to Bar Bill for the first time. Had wing nuts. Cajun, Cajun honey butter barbecue. Yeah, I had that. That was good. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm I'm usually just uh traditional medium wings like medium buffalo keep it simple not too crazy but the the cajun mm-hmm. onion barbecue was that was pretty good and tried wing nuts for the first time that was pretty good i know lance got mad at me for saying i like the anchor bar but that's a different different conversation for a different day i guess yeah for sure um well, well just a few more minutes here with kair so get a couple more fan questions in from the comments too aj's coming back in um asking your bigger biggest mentor for football at any level uh who's it been and why Biggest mentor for football, like mentor, like as a person I learn from the most, or like go yeah, to yeah. Tough, times are tough. 
However yeah, it means to you. Yeah. Uh, I have, you know, I have my, my dad and my uncle uh, who's played in the NFL. Um, and I have a uh, coach, uh, Bill Parcell, who, who lives like literally like 20 minutes down the street from me. So he's, a, oh. he's been a good mentor as well. Um, not a bad guy to learn from. <laughs> no, just not a bad one, couple three guys, just right? One, just picking one is crazy. I mean, yeah, you ain't got to go that I like far. To watch I mean, other just, people those like, are the guys. I like to watch other people in like pick other people's brain as well, like especially on my team or things like that. But number one mentor, I mean, I would have to give it to my dad, I would say, because he taught me how to play the game of football when I was in high school. Cause I was never allowed to play uh, through middle school. So when, so when I first like really committed to, you know, being successful in football, like he was the first person that you know, we would work out like probably like, twice a day, to be honest nice. with you. So I, I shout out to my dad. He spent we ton, tons of hours together on that field when I was in high school. Um, but, you know, as I grew, like, in college and to the pros now, you know, it's just all about, like, what my coaches, you know, think and what drills I should be doing and things like that. And you don't really overstep those boundaries. But um, so, yeah, I would say shout out to my dad because he really helped, helped me uh, change my life for the better. So. Shout out to him for being a good, a good mentor. Um, nice. My uncle as well. My uncle worked with me. We used to compete against each other. Made me, you know, made me better as well. Um, Matt Elam, you know, he, I had to learn from, I got to learn from there, you know, mistakes and experiences. So I uh, shout out to him as well. And, you know, Carl Parcells, you know, giving me words of wisdom and knowledge and, you know, things to expect as well. So shout out to him. But I, yeah, number one, I guess I would say I have to say my dad because I, was not a good football player when I first started. So, yeah, you got to give a shout out to Pops, and I appreciate the heck out of him too. He's been coordinating with lead to get you on here, and uh, it's been a great guy emailing and texting and mm-hmm. um, getting back to me when he could and calling. So, um, a lot of stuff in, in the background that worked out, and he was uh, such a joy to work with. I hope we can continue to work together. And before we get out of here, I just had one thing come to mind. I was talking to Stevie Johnson the other day. We were doing a filming of like he's going to start an ebook. So we're mm-hmm. doing a filming of this stuff and he's telling me kind of like, yeah, my coaches didn't really want me to do something this way, but I just had, I knew that in order to win one-on-ones or win in my game, I had to do it my way. So is there any part of your game where you're kind of like, I just kind of got to do this my way, even though maybe the coaches don't always see it as like the textbook way to play football, but is there like, you have kind of, that's what gives you kind of the edge, right? Is you have like, Kair's way of playing football has been successful, damn successful, right? So there's certain part of your games that you're – and you don't have to tell me what it is, but do you kind of feel that same where you have certain things where coaches are like, ah, eh, maybe you do it this way, and you're like, no, I'm winning my way pretty well. Man, you're trying to get me in trouble, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't – Stevie can answer it because he's already done playing, so he's like, yeah, yeah dude, I hated that. But I mean – Yeah, all right, I got you. I mean, you you have to be yourself in order to not be a robot out there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah I mean, for sure. You have to be yourself and, you know, what you have to, you know, do what the coaches are saying too because it's, it's their way. But, I mean, in some aspects, yeah, you have to just make the play, bro. Like, you just got to find a way to make a play. Like, yep. no matter how you feel it, no matter how your body feels, no matter what's going on in your life, like, you, you just have to. Yeah. And, and especially for me, like, because I know how I, like, what I want from out of myself and want to accomplish, like, you know, you just, if you are who you say you are, expect yourself to be like, you got to find a way no matter what, no matter how a coach is telling you to play or what, you know, you just have to figure it out on your own. You, sometimes you can't go by the script. Sometimes you just have to play, play it your way to make the play. Like if you win, I don't think the coach is going to yell at you or scream at you or bench you or nothing like that. If you lose, you know, you have to take it to the chin, but, you know, no, hundred percent. I think that's a perfect way to end this. I know Kair, you have to have to have to run, but we obviously hundred percent appreciate you coming on. Obviously, given given your time and everyone in the comment section, that was awesome. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for another twenty five minutes, Lance and I. But Kair, we just want to say thank you. We really appreciate. It. I know Lance appreciates it, and we hope to keep maybe keep this relationship going down thank the road you, in the season. Thank of course, you. man. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Lance, man. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, yeah of course, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Yep, you too. All right. So, everyone, that was Kai, Kair Elam.
Buffalo Bills starting cornerback going into his second year in Lance. That was an absolute blast, man. I don't know about you, but I think I had a fun time. Absolute great time. What an excellent kid. And, uh, you know, just really cool getting into a little bit of the the psyche of, of the players and things like that. But I definitely um, had, a, had an excellent time there with that interview. We hope that Kair um, achieves all of his goals, obviously, because um, heck of a player, heck, heck of a future ahead of him. We just hope yeah. that he keeps taking care of himself like he talked about, keeps working hard. And, um, you know, that's – so that's what he's about. So that's you know he's going to work hard and do the best he can, and and we're rooting for him to develop in, into um, another top flight quarterback, just like he wants to be. Yeah, and we're not going anywhere, Lance. We got to segue into a non. Uh, now we're going to start talking about about him behind his back. So <laughs> who is the cornerback two in uh, in training camp here? This is the, one of the the training camp battles that we're going to talk about, and. And Peter, just give me a rundown. You know, I think it's probably between Kyir and Benford, but you know, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, look, obviously we know Benford started Week One last year. Obviously the injuries didn't help Benford, but I think Kyir played more uh, the snaps last year. And I think Kyir was maybe a little more effective when he played. I think when he played, he was very good. Like I alluded back to the Miami game, the second time we played Miami, that comeback route against. Tyreek Hill, he was all over Tyreek Hill in a great way, matched up against probably one of the best receivers in the National Football League. He was good in the playoff game against Miami. I'm not going to go watch that Bengals game ever again because that game is not fun. The, but the Miami game, obviously, he had that crucial interception. We were down 24-20 heading into that interception. He picks it off. Those get the ball back, and they don't look back. Right, like That's one of those game-changing interceptions. I expect him... You're going to have Treyway on one side. You're going to have Kyrie on the other side. I would be utterly shocked if Kyrie is not the cornerback, too. I would be very, very shocked. I think he kind of, like we mentioned, Lance, right? He came from, and this is what gave Benford the leg up. Benford came from a zone scheme at Villanova. The Bills run a, uh, a predominantly zone scheme offense. Mm-hmm. Right, excuse me. Kyrie came from a man coverage defense at Florida. Had to come and learn his own scheme. Obviously, he said he was adapted. He likes it, obviously, but it it, it took a little while, and we kind of saw that. Yeah, but, I'm super stoked to watch Kyrie play this year. I mean, I think it's funny, ball like ball. we talked about, kind of like you know, uh, him choosing the number 24. Uh, you know, I was like, oh man, this all right. We got a we got a rookie first round pick choosing the number 24. Let's go, you know, and then you take a little bit that can you find different ways to take a deeper look into certain guys in the team that you might not otherwise so you know for me that was Kyrie. I followed him very closely through his first year um and I think that he definitely has that mentality where he's he's knowing what he's keeping that notebook he knows what he has to improve on to be successful and um like Dave's saying here you know he the system is going to be a little bit different so it's going to be you know on your toes aggressive mentality and I think that I like that. that really suits the players we have and that includes Kyrie Elam being uh, the cornerback across from Tredavious Way. We might have to clip that for tomorrow for the promo. I might have, that, that's, people like that. People love to hear that. Obviously, we talked about, or people have talked about McDermott being more that aggressive play caller uh, besides Leslie Frazier. And I was very careful how I worded that question. I wanted to make sure I don't just bash Leslie Frazier because that's not what I was trying to do. Uh, uh, nothing but love for her. Yeah. But obviously, Leslie Frazier is no longer, I don't even know how to, I don't know what he even is. I said no longer a member of the team, which I, I think that's right. Yeah, he's taking a uh, yeah. leave of absence yeah. this year, yeah. and then his contract's up, and so yeah, yeah he's not yeah. going to be a part no, of. The but yeah, the more aggressive uh, style play. Not the one thing that's that was interesting that he said: not be on your heels. Right? We all go. We always go back to that Bengals, that Bengals picture in the divisional round when the corners were on their heels on a third and short. Right? We don't want to see that again. Obviously, there's time and place for that. There's time and place for every type of defensive calls. But not on third and short. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I was excited to see that. But I would say cornerback two is Kyrie. But the Bills defense, the Bills defensive backs. Obviously, we'll put safeties aside. We know how good the safety group is when they're healthy. And Taylor Rapp just adds another dimension. Even Demar Hamlin back as the fourth safety if he's fully healthy and clear to go is incredible uh, as a football wise and obviously as uh, him being just being able to play again. But if you look at the cornerback room, like you still have Dane Jackson. 
And they trust Dane Jackson. I know we're kind of counting Dane Jackson out, but the Bills are not afraid to go back to Dane Jackson. But like I said, I would be shocked if it's not Kyrie next to Trey White for most of the games. Or yeah, you like, think about that. I mean, and, and it's going to be if it needs to be a rotate. You know, guys can get blows now because they're not going to be a drop off if you have Benford in um, to give Kyrie uh, a breath. You know, if he's yeah. just going running a go route and he's gassed. Um, you know. But you heard him, you know, some of the things with switching off this means you don't have to chase the guys around the field as much. So um, in the zone scheme, I think that they're still going to play some zone. It's going to be a little bit different zone and, and more aggressive, um, hopefully pressing up on some guys and things like that. So I think the uh, to wrap that up, the cornerback room is just really exceptional. You have Tredavious White, who Kair says is literally the most explosive guy coming out of a break um, that he's seen. And then you have Teron Johnson, the best nickel corner, slot corner, whatever you want to call him, um, mm-hmm. in the NFL. And then you have Kyrie Elam on the other side, who's the best up-and-coming um, young player in the league. Uh, you know, he's striving to be that, um, you know, best cornerback. And, and he's a year or two into it. And, you know, like we say, we're going to um, – yeah, definitely – Tehran, Trey, and then Kair. It's just a dangerous secondary. And then you have guys like Dane and Benford who can sit in there and and spell guys. If they play a a dime look, you know, you have another guy, Taylor Rapp could step in as that other slot if if you're saying two slots in the dime. But, um, but yeah, you know, they just have a good problem right now where they have a ton of talent. And then they just drafted um, a, a kid in the seventh round who a lot of people like as well, Austin. So, you know, he's uh, coming in and going to be another guy that they put in to the system. So, I, you know, they just have an embarrassment of riches in their secondary, I think, this year. And it's a good problem to have. We're talking about um, battles in camp. Cornerback, um, two is going to be interesting, but there's really no winner or loser because it's just everyone's probably going to play mm-hmm. at some point based upon situations and um, getting dinged up or this, that, and the other. And, and, you know, the only real thing that's unknown kind of segues to our next topic is the middle linebacker battle in camp. So, um, Peter, this is your guy, right? So we have Dorian Williams, who we drafted. We have uh, Tyrell Dodson, who has been on the team for a few years now. And then we have um, Terrell Bernard and Balen Spector, who are guys coming out, coming out of last year's draft mm-hmm. as well. So is it a four-horse race? Is it a two-horse race? Is it a three-horse race? What do you think the uh, middle linebacker battle is going to come down to, and, and what are you looking for when you're when you're watching that? So obviously we know we got Matt Milano on, as one of the two uh, pairings in the linebacker group. I would be shocked right now if Balen Spector wins the job, right? I feel like that would be kind of crazy. I'm not trying to knock the kid, but I just – I don't know if they want to, th- with him playing very limited action, like very limited action last year, just thrust him into the starting middle linebacker role. So I'd probably take a backseat to him. AJ Klein, I wouldn't th- say he wins the middle linebacker role. Like I, I, I would. That's why I didn't him. mention him, Peter, because I'm I'm not not an AJ Klein guy. Okay, I just had AJ Klein in the back of my head. So AJ Klein, no. Terrell no, Bernard, Terrell uh, yeah, so Dotson, and, and uh, that Dorian Williams. Williams. That's the yeah. three right there, right? So. I think Terrell Dodson probably has the leg up. He's been in the system. Uh, he's been here a couple of years. He knows McDermott's system, right? Like Terrell Bernard does, but he doesn't as a middle linebacker. I don't know. Look, at some point this year, Dorian Williams will be the starting middle linebacker. They drafted him in the third round, and he played. And how many times have I said the same stat over and over again? He played seventy more than 70% of the time at Tulane at the inside linebacker position. When people, when he was drafted, everyone's like, he's an outside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. It took a freaking Google search for me to do that, that he was not an outside linebacker, right? He he plays most of the time inside. That is still different than being the mic and calling the plays on an NFL defense on a team that is trying to win a Super Bowl. That's a big responsibility. That's a big step up. Week one against the Jets, is Dorian Williams a starting middle linebacker? No. I don't think that, but 
there's some point this year, I don't know where, when it is, I'm going to say before the f- middle part of the season, so maybe week four, week five, Doran Williams is the starting middle linebacker. I do think this is a rotation, right? I do think they're going to do a ton of different things with this, uh, the secondary. Maybe we'll see more three safety looks with Taylor Rapp because they brought him in, him in and they're going to use him because he's a starting caliber safety in the National Football League. But I do think Doran Williams is the feature at the middle linebacker position. Look, if it's week one, that's great. That means the Bills hit on that pick immediately. It means it's going to work out, all that stuff. The safe option is Terrell Dotson. That's the safe option. Terrell Bernard's like that wild card option, right? I think yeah. Terrell Bernard's like that wild card. I think Dorian Williams eventually turns into the starting middle linebacker. And then I think Tyrell Dotson's probably the safe option. But look, Lance, if Dorian Williams, he's explosive. We saw if you watch his Julian highlights, he can get after the quarterback. He was a day two pick for a reason. This guy is here to be productive and he's here to be productive right away. If he comes in and can has a grasp of the defense, can understand the play calling. He's going to have Matt Milano next to him. He's going to have Poyer and Hyde behind him. That is mm-hmm. some pretty good uh, running mates. If he can get a grasp of the de- defense and be comfortable in that middle linebacker position, they're going to go Doran Williams because I think his upside and his potential is skyrocketed ahead of where Dotson is or where Dotson can be. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that Dorian Williams is your starting middle linebacker. Um, having... I don't necessarily think that the – I guess it, it, they could, but I don't necessarily agree with the four-week plan to then replace – He, I think that he's either going to get it or he's not, and then he's going to have, um, you know, help out there. But he's definitely – I think they want someone other than Milano to be calling the plays there. I don't think they want Milano to have no. to worry about and put the, the play calling on his plate. Maybe they do. And, and maybe that doesn't matter, but I, I'm pretty sure, you know, the middle linebacker that they're going to choose or the linebacker opposite of Milano, if they're staying in the two linebacker set. Now, if they go three linebacker set, you know, you don't know. I think that Bernard and Williams could see the field at the same time with Milano in a four, three set. Um, you could also see Bernard and Dodson, obviously. So it's, um, it's interesting again, you know, neither, none of the options are, are really bad. Um, even Spectre, I mean, if he shows up and he shows he can play, mm-hmm. and doesn't make me mad at all if he's yeah, the no, guy that's best I for just, the job. I would be shocked. But I think, yeah, it, it would be very uh, shocking if that was the case. And I think the the roads paved for Dorian Williams. I think mm-hmm. he's got the um, ability, like we said. So yeah, it's going to be getting the mental down, making sure. And look, this stuff's not easy. As we we heard from Kair, this stuff's not easy to transition from your your college system into the then the pro system. Probably not supposed and, to be either. Lock it, not, obviously by design. So there's probably, and this is why it gets back to Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer being one of the best tandems in the league, right? Because they don't need to communicate to know what the other's thinking. They already know, like this is what we see. We process it the same we know what the other's doing automatically because mm-hmm. they know they're going to read that just like they are. And so having, you know, a rookie do that is, is very tough. It's going to be a very big challenge for Dorian Williams to be able to do that. I'm not, but I think he can, I think he ultimately can. I think his ability will outweigh any struggles he might have in the mental department to make it a no brainer to put him out there on Sunday. And in this case, the, the Monday night over. If you guys are just tuning in, this is the Buffalo Blitz on the Built and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. We're live on all those platforms. Drop a comment on Facebook and YouTube. And if you did miss this episode, you can obviously rewatch it. And I'm going to tell you why you should rewatch it in about a second. And you can always listen on the podcast version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Tomorrow morning, it comes out. But if you did, if you're just tuning in now, right, and you want to see Kair Elam, well, you missed it. I'm joking. You can go back. You can watch. He was he he left about the thirty-five minute mark. So about a thirty-five minute great inter- interview with Kair. Just go back. You can go back right now if you wanted to. You can wait for us to end in ten minutes. We end at nine. You can go back, rewatch it, watch the whole interview. Or if you like, you know what? I'm driving to work tomorrow. I want to listen to the podcast version. It comes out tomorrow morning. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But you can always anytime on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Just scroll back, rewatch it. It's a good. About 30, 35 minute interview with Kair. So you guys want to rewatch it? You guys can't. Lance, any and thanks to Picasso's Pizza oh, yeah. for the uh, Kair Elam 
appearance. So Picasso's Pizza every night is pizza night. So we appreciate them for uh, presenting Kair Elam to you guys. Another uh, sponsor shout out real quick just to get this over with is Underdog Fantasy promo code BLITZ. Uh, we'll get you a deposit match from $10 to 100 and you can enter then into Best Ball Mania 4, yeah. um, the largest fantasy football contest in the universe. So um, some exciting stuff coming up with that Underdog Fantasy. I've got um, some plans in place. I will be announcing that hopefully as the season gets closer. Um, we have a little potential here to um, build a, a kind of uh, fantasy league within Underdog. I've still got to figure that stuff out, so I don't want to – Spill the beans yet, but check no. back with us in the coming weeks here. We're definitely going to be able to, um, you know, give you guys a cool uh, kind of way to play fantasy football this year. And yeah, next week, training camp starts next Wednesday. For some reason, I had Tuesday in my head, Lance, but it starts next Wednesday. So obviously, we'll have our show next Tuesday, and we'll give you our final preview heading into camp, all that fun stuff. And then the ball's rolling. We got camp preseason and the regular season is going to be here as yep. soon as, as as soon as you know it so we're and only- the rookies are in today so the rookies came in today um and they're uh, going to be i think in orchard park i heard for a week or so uh getting acclimated and then everyone will ship off to fisher um to get to camp yeah next week camp so. next, camp starts next wednesday so about a week from tomorrow what's that date that's july 26th is the start of camp we're excited for that and obviously the Buffalo Blitz will be here every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Podcast version and obviously the live show. But yeah, if when- you're going to camp, look for us. We'll be out there. I'll be out there on July 28th. Uh, I think a couple of guys from Built in Buffalo are going to be with me. So if you see us out there, come say hello. You won't um, see me. High five, shaking hands. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, Peter won't be there. Um, but hey. we hope to have you next year working the thing at a different angle so we'll I mean, cross maybe, that bridge when it gets there right maybe i'll go up for the what's that bill scrimmage the red white scrimmage all right red white and blue yep we'll be there as well maybe i'll ship up there but yeah anything on the defensive side we're talking defense defensive line right the defensive line is kind of interesting right we have the d tackle position well obviously we'll touch on this a little more next week but just to kind of segue into next week Defensive yeah. tackle battle, right, Lance? We have obviously you have Puna Ford, you have Daquan Jones, you have Ed Oliver, right? But then you have Jordan Phillips and you have Tim Settle. I'm going to go on a limb. They probably keep four, maybe five. It's kind of interesting what they do there. Yeah. Do you see a battle and do you see someone getting cut uh, out of the five guys I mentioned? Yeah, well, I'm going to add a sixth name because I like him so much. DJ Dale's been a big prospect as yeah. unsigned free agent, um, unsigned, un- undrafted rookie, um, UDFA. So Alabama. I think that DJ Dale kind of brings a little bit of um, pedigree to that room as well. So young player, a lot of upside. He's most likely a practice squad guy, but um, we, you know, we're looking at you know who we're going to keep. We're looking at cap hits, those kind of things, and and what's the better option for the longevity of the team. So um, really looking forward to that interior defensive line battle because. There's nothing saying that Daquan Jones has that um, DT2 locked up aside of Ed Oliver. I think Ed Oliver is pretty safely uh, DT1. But, you know, does does do you you looked at me weird. So you think Daquan's absolutely DT2 and Puna couldn't, uh, couldn't maybe beat him out for that? I don't think there is a battle, right? I think, like, I'm going to kind of preface this in a certain way, but I think Daquan obviously will be starting with Ed Oliver, but I think they're going to play so much him and Puna that it's not going to really matter. Right. You we'll know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But we did see in that Bengals game with Jones out, how brutal that run defense was. They're yeah. going to play Puna Ford. Like they needed another defensive tackle. Like they needed another edge and they got one at Floyd, which I don't think is talked about enough, how much of an impact that's going to be for this team. Oh, but I think sure. Puna Ford, Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver all going to play a ton of snaps. It's that fourth person next to them. Is it Tim Settle or is it Jordan Phillips? If Jordan Phillips is healthy, I really feel like he gets the nod because he's just a beast out there. And especially in the pass rushing situations, obviously that's where he excels. Settle is like a bowling ball. You know, he's just low to the ground, kind of just gets through people. Settle, yep. But he's a little, he's really similar in play style to Jones and Puna Ford. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Ed Oliver's more that can get after the quarterback. So is Jordan Phillips. Like I agree with you. If Jordan Phillips can stay healthy, it's probably Jordan Phillips' job to lose. Obviously, it's going to be a cap issue. They could keep five. I think settles really quick, though, uh, really or, or quicker than at least Daquan, maybe. He, he is, he's kind of, uh, like I say, he's kind of like that bowling ball, but he can move and like he's that. very laterally quick. Um, and that's kind of how he excels as a defensive tackle. So I, I definitely think he has a little bit of that quickness in him that um, kind of, like I said, would make him stand out a little bit uh, from the crowd and not just be like another mm-hmm. plug and play option behind um, Daquan and Puna. But I, I agree. I think that, you know, the skill set's similar enough to where, but I think they're not going to want to get into a situation where injuries are going yeah. to put you in a shorthanded situation. Now, will one of those guys go to a practice squad and, and be an elevation or something like that? I don't know. I don't know how they're going to work Phillips that. Pra- I don't think you can get Jordan Phillips or Tim Settle on a practice squad. Probably not. Yeah, you can get right. DJ Dale on a practice squad. You can't get right. Jordan Phillips. I'm just thinking if, if we're if they're trying to come up with creative ways to keep five, because then you have the defensive wait the edge rusher room, if you right? Keep five, you keep, if you keep five D tackles, does that mean you only keep four edge? Right, that's a, not possible because then you have like a, like you're saying you have they're gonna keep five um, they Von Miller. Five yeah, they're gonna have Von Miller, uh Leonard Floyd, and Gregory So that's a lock, right? And then yeah, that's where the conversation is going to get into next week. Yeah, we're going to go a little bit deeper on the AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham um, battle in camp because those three guys are battling for one or two spots. Um, a lot of people think that Von Miller is going to end up on the on the pump what? to start. Uh, I don't. You still got to get rid of someone eventually. I'm just looking at. <laughs> you know what you I mean. Know, Let's see what what's being put out there right now. I know that everything's a smokescreen nowadays and things like that, but you know what? If Vaughn says he's pretty good and he's got to get to the, he's saying that all he has to do now is get through the mental part to trust his knee to work. His Excellent. knee is physically healed, and all he needs to do is be able to trust it and push off and cut on it. So yeah. let's see. Yeah, next week, obviously, Tuesday, we'll have our show over for the start, official start of training camp. And obviously, the first days could be interesting. Is Vaughn out there, right? Like, if, if he's mm-hmm. fully participating right away, and right. me and Lance have no idea either way, but if he's fully participating, then that conversation, maybe not thrown out the window, but it might be one of those conversations. You're not going to put him on pop because even if he's not ready for week one, maybe he's ready for week two or week three. So, and yeah, the Boogie Basham conversation we'll get into next week, but. For my internship for with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, I wrote an article for Syracuse.com, and I highlighted two players that I think need to show out in training camp, one offense, one defense. Offense was Spencer Brown. My defense was Boogie Basham. So we're going to get into Boogie Basham and a lot more defensive players next week. But we appreciate it, Lance. I know you appreciate it. Everyone in the comment section. I'm Absolutely. scrolling through all these comments. My God, YouTube and Facebook. YouTube was killing it. Facebook was killing it. We appreciate everyone. We love this support. It means a lot. And I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Lance. Lance, this was on you tonight, man. I did none – well, besides talking, I did none of the work to get Kair on the program. So shout-out to you, man. Awesome. I couldn't get him on if you didn't invite me to be your co-host, brother. So it's all a team effort. And uh, we really appreciate, again, the people in the comments. Uh, guys, look out for uh, our upcoming shows. We got the sit-down on Thursday. We have uh, Bill's chat coming up on Friday. And then the Red Zone Report on Sunday before we're back uh, next Tuesday. And we're going to have an excellent lineup coming up here. Uh, maybe next week we'll be able to roll out the graphic and be able to show you guys, you know, what our in-season lineup is going to be, uh, be awesome. looking like. We'll have a show every night and uh, keep you guys up to date with all everything going on with the Bills. Have a few different people's perspectives on here. We've got a lot of good, talented uh, content creators at Built-In Buffalo. So you check out our our writers are really good. We got to get our uh, website back up. We do have a technical difficulty on that, but we will get that back up, get our writers rolling again. And, um, you know, just everyone who does both audio um, and, and the live shows, just a lot of good content being put out there. Way not funny. And then things like that are on our channel. So check out our podcast channels, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Um, it's on Odyssey. Anywhere you can get your podcast, you can get uh, built in Buffalo podcast network. So go check it out. Um, like I say, a lot of talented people, a lot of good content out there, um, from this brand. So keep on supporting us. We really appreciate you all. Thanks for the super chats. Thanks for all the comments. 
uh, super chat or otherwise, and uh, go Bills, baby. Yeah, and make sure rewatch this if you missed the Kyir Elam uh, interview. is about thirty five minutes long, so you guys go back rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you like, you know what? I'll prefer the podcast version. Comes out tomorrow morning. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or like Lance said, wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday, as always, at eight p.m. And we'll give you our final preview the night before, take the night before Christmas, the night before training camp next week. Everyone have a good rest of your week. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.